Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes the the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty, and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. In its study, the Personnel Journal discovered that of 3,530 years of recorded history, only 286 years saw peace. Moreover, more than 8,000 peace treaties were made and broken. And the Apostle Paul writes, and again I say rejoice. People are committing suicide in record numbers. People are dying of drug overdoses in record numbers. There have been 58 school shootings just this year. And again, I say rejoice. There are so many homicides and gang turf wars in our cities that the police no longer respond to cases of burglaries, robberies, and non-fatality accidents. And again, I say rejoice. The main goal of Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and Afghanistan, among many others, is to cripple the United States. As we speak, a new war is breaking out in the Middle East. And again, I say rejoice. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi from his Roman prison cell. He was cold, hungry, in chains, and awaiting a trial that was sure to lead to his execution. And yet he writes, and again, I say rejoice. 
In fact, in this short letter, Paul makes 14 references to joy and rejoicing. Now, the Bible is full of commands to rejoice, yet very seldom does it tell God's people to just be happy. Most of the time, Scripture is telling us in less than desirable circumstances, yes, but rejoice anyway. To rejoice in the Lord always is not primarily a matter of feeling, but of obedience. We must deliberately choose to obey, especially when we are in difficult circumstances. In today's reading, Paul starts off by telling the reader to rejoice in the Lord always. He goes on to give several directives which Paul tells us we can do through God who strengthens us. He writes that if you live in the Lord, the God of peace will be with you and he will guard your hearts and minds. Our peace is not based on the environment around us, but rather on Christ, the friend beside us. Our peace is one that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To guard is to protect. We know that our hearts and minds drive our imaginations and shape our attitudes and behaviors. They need to be protected from the influence of outside forces. They also need to be protected from ourselves. God's peace protects us by drawing us deeper into relationship with Christ. Paul first says, let your gentleness be known to everyone. Paul is telling believers not to be marshmallows, but rather those around us should see someone who does not seek retaliation when offended. They should see someone who is calm and secure in all circumstances because we have the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace that makes no sense to a non-believer. This is not a peace that denies the painful realities of life, but rather a peace that exists in the midst of them. Paul tells us the Lord is at hand. We're not praying to a distant God. We're praying to Emmanuel, God with us. Whether we are glad or troubled, the Lord is near. Whether our culture is healthy or sick, we can rejoice because the Lord is near. Whether our personal health is solid or shaky, we can rejoice because the Lord is near. Whether our finances are booming or busting, we can rejoice because the Lord is near. Whether we feel alone or seek some solitary time, we can rejoice because the Lord is near. Jesus' followers can rejoice that even our most difficult circumstances cannot wrench us away from God or God's love. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything. Really? We get anxious about medical exams and school exams. 
We get anxious about what we read in newspapers and about papers we have to write. We're anxious about the baby's sniffles, the dog's limp, the car's chugging, our coughing, the next election, the next war, being called upon to read in public, and global warming. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. We do this by trusting that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The evil one may be sly and cunning, but he is not smart enough to recognize that Christ already won the battle for mankind. Paul follows this thought with, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When we are not overly anxious for anything, we can give God thanks with confidence and submit ourselves to him. Just look at David's Psalms. So often David began with tears and desperation, but ended with thanksgiving and confidence in the response he anticipated receiving. When we prayerfully present our request to God, we are not telling God anything he does not already know. Rather, we are confessing the limitations our sinful nature imposes on our ability to imitate Christ. And we remind ourselves that we completely rely on God as the generous gift of every good gift. By thanking God for past answers, for present grace, and for future answers, we can let go of our worries. The next thing Paul tells us is, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That is why I lead our church in recounting our blessings out loud each Sunday. After naming all our woes and concerns, it's easy to get mentally stuck there. It's important to end our worship time with our minds focused on all the goodness God sends our way. This world is hard and demanding. We must endeavor to look past the thorns, to see the roses, and to point them out to those around us. Paul ends his instruction with, When you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. There is a joke about the definition between pessimism and optimism. Twin boys have been begging their father for a pony. On the day of their birthday, one boy opens the door to a room and finds a pile of manure. And he says, great, I wanted a pony and all I get is a pile of manure. A little while later, the other boy opens the door to the same room and he sees a pile of manure. And he quickly grabs a shovel and starts digging frantically. And he says, I know there's a pony in there somewhere. 
Each day we need to look past the aches and pains, the loneliness and disappointments, the cheating and lying in this world and see that we have more blessings than we can name. Remember, Paul was writing this letter to the church at Philippi. This is not a private correspondence. Paul's telling the baptized community to be joyful. God gives the peace, but you all have to rejoice. Get a grip on the reality of your redeemed life. Knock off the anxiety and miserable attitude. Again, I say rejoice. Our rejoicing and thankfulness out here produces peace in here. Nonetheless, what is to be reflected in the gathered community must first be experienced by each believer. Several years ago, a man was in a bed in cardiac ICU in a major hospital in Seattle. He had just undergone radical and experimental surgery to save his life. As he lay in CICU, he knew he was in crisis. There were serious post-surgical complications. Later, he reported about that night when he lay awake, fearing that his life was about to end and reflecting on what it had and had not been reflecting on all the things he had gotten any way he could and all the things he had lost, all the pain he had suffered and all the pain he had unfairly inflicted upon others. He lay there asking himself amid all the accomplishments and acquisitions, what had been the one thing in his life he had always sought but could never find? The answer, he said, was easy. The one thing I had never been able to locate was peace. The next morning, a chaplain visited his room, making rounds from patient to patient. He stayed only a few moments, chatting in a superficial fashion. Just before leaving, he said, let me read a brief passage from the Bible to you, and then we'll say a prayer. The chaplain proceeded to open his Bible and almost randomly read words from Christ. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The man said, the words struck me like a spiritual hammer. The chaplain did not know me. He did not know my story. He did not know what I had wrestled with all night long. But there was no way his visit could have made, could have been a mere coincidence. Without even knowing that he did so, he showed me how to find what I had needed and could not locate all my life. I suddenly got it that if I could find Jesus, if I could really get to know him, I would find peace. And that, he said, turned out to be the case for me. Knowing that peace, having that peace, the peace of God, is the reason we can say amid everything that the world dumps on us, I will rejoice.
Amen.